and welcome to Potshot. I'm Alex Towles, and this week I am joined by our Vibes correspondents, Sam and Kian. It's the international break. Lads, what are your least favourite international break talking points? Sam, I'll start with you. Uh, it's definitely like random player X is better than random player Y when everyone fucking knows they're quite similar. Like today, people arguing about Levi Colwell and Gabriel. <laughs> like, I don't, I, like, I don't care. What are we? Like, no one, no one actually cares, really. Gabriel clears. It, it's, he, he does, but Colwell's <laughs> played like ten games and is also really good. Like it, it's so like it's not interesting parts of football. That's what I mean. Like at least the nostalgia stuff, you're comparing different eras, and nostalgia stuff, you're not usually comparing good but unexceptional defenders. It's just so boring. So definitely random player comparisons, which I blame FIFA for partly because of the ratings. But yeah, that's mine. Fair enough. I do eternally respect Eden Hazard for retiring at the start of the international break so that (laughs) everyone's doing waves of nostalgia about him instead of saying that he's worse than, I don't know, Arjen Robben. But there there was actually a Chelsea fan who said he was worse than Arjen Robben, which I saw on my... Twitter feed earlier today. But that's by the by. Kian, what's your least favourite international break talking point? Steven Gerrard. I feel as soon as the last match ends before the break, <laughs> someone posts a clip of Steven Gerrard doing something and then it's like three days of Steven Gerrard. Was he actually good? Was he better than Lampard? Was he better than Scold? Was he better than De Bruyne? And it's just that constantly. So, yeah, constant, I feel like Steven Gerrard is my constant. pick. Yeah, I got- like, this time, at least, I've seen people, like, in response to posting the Steven Gerrard comp going, no, actually, here's a Shabby Alonso comp where he does exactly <laughs> the same thing better. It's quite funny. Um, I think my least favourite international break talking point is whether or not there's any point to international break football. You're, like, getting, like, inception of international breaks there. Yeah. Like, you hate international <laughs> breaks being spoken about. But they're only spoken about because of international, yeah. I guess you're just saying you hate international breaks. No, I, stop, I don't basically. mind international breaks. Like, I, I feel like they're a necessary part of the system. And I don't understand... I, I feel like every attempt to get rid of them is bad. And people who come yeah. around basically being like, this is shit, are bad. I think I think most people would agree with that. Because well, the alternative is either the only international games of the World Cup and continental tournaments or teams just go without their best players for ages mm. which doesn't seem yeah i, I saw someone suggest somewhere well we, somewhere was twitter but i saw someone suggest that we had like we took out all the international breaks made the seasons shorter and then so we had like four seasons in the space of three and a half seasons and then spent that like six months of time doing all of the international qualifiers and then the international <laughs> tournament every four years, which is certainly something. I feel like it's a very English thing as well because you guys pretty much win every match in qualifying, so it's like mostly pointless, whereas for Ireland we actually like lose every match, so there's a bit of interest because you might win one of them. Speaking of Ireland losing, have you had a nice weekend, Kian? No, it's been horrendous. I was at the Greece match where we were utterly dreadful and then the rugby went how the rugby went. So it's been a, it was a bad 24 hours for me personally. Yeah, did not enjoy. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but we are not here to talk about the Ireland national team. We are here to talk about the Arsenal not national team. Uh, that was clunky. Anyway, <laughs> I am... Um, immensely jealous of you two and not just because Sam has a wife and Kian went viral on Twitter that one time I am jealous <laughs> of you because you were both there in person at the Emirates for our last game there where we beat Manchester City 1-0 how was that? yeah it was great it was one of my second time at the Emirates for a game so I got lucky I won the ballot and yeah the crowd was popping off for the whole game which was nice City fans were very quiet and yeah it was just great like even though there weren't that many chances for the most part um, I think the team the fans really got behind the team and obviously when the goal went in it was just pandemonium so yeah it was great really enjoyable yeah no it was awesome I th- 
And I said to my dad, I think at half time or maybe a bit after, I was like, I bet this is a shit game to watch on TV because in the ground, it feels so different. Like, because you can look back and say, okay, there haven't been many shots, like no saves, basically. But when you're there in that kind of atmosphere against City, like every like 50-50 challenge, like you're up and cheering like it's a, like it's a goal. But you're watching on TV, it's like, well, nothing's just happened. <laughs> unless you're so, Alex yeah, Cummings, who's a fucking sicko. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, unless a midfielder has sort of beaten a press, but basically just passed diagonally. Uh, that gets him off his seat. Um, but no, it was really good to be. Atmosphere was great. Um, and obviously, I will confess... Um, I was having a piss when the goal went in. <laughs> I uh, I tried to I tried to time it. So I think there was like a throw. I think it was a throw in about thirty seconds before, and I've been busting, and the ball hadn't gone out for like two minutes. So I went down quickly. Did I want to say having a piss when the goal went in? I mean literally <laughs> mid, like not like I was mid-stream. walking that like m- yeah midstream. And so you hear the roar, and like I did really, you could tell it was us, but I wasn't a hundred percent. So it was me and one other bloke. So I go, what's that ass? What's that ass? And he was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then I, I ran out. I finished. You know, I, I did keep that level of cool. Um, ran out, hugged a steward, and then a second one, bottled back up. Um, so yeah, I know I missed the goal, but I will always remember it because of that, I think. Because um, I'm normally very good, at, very good at saving. I guess the nerves got to me. Um, but yeah, definitely one of my best days of the Emirates, for sure. Can't believe you were there and you managed to miss the goal. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I sit That's high up incredible. at that end as well, so I would have had a great, great view of it. Um, but yeah, I, the, the way I'm making it okay to myself is I'll. it makes it more memorable to myself now. Yeah. Although the celebration would have been memorable too, but I'm ignoring that. <laughs> it's so funny when a goal like that goes in because like there was a guy beside me who was annoying the shit out of me. He was just like, Mikel, you have to change it, Mikel. What are you doing? And I was getting so sick from. And then when a goal went in, I hugged him like I've known him for 15 years and he's my best friend. <laughs> just Keen, that might have been that might Keen, that might have been me, by the way. That's what he said. <laughs> I mean, get me a throw on. It wasn't. Get me a throw on. <laughs> Oh yeah, true. I was having a piss, so it might have been my double. Someone that reads my tweets. True. Do you think you represent the everyday match-going fan then, Sam, with your opinions? Uh, in some of them. I think people that don't go to games don't clock how loved Ramsdale is by the Emirates crowd, mm. and in turn how ready we are to not like Raya. <laughs> um, like So when the team's announced, so... It's like, like, let's say the game starts at three, at like 2.57, the players are out. They announce the team and each player. So I'll be in goal, David Raya, get a chair, get a chair. And the bench comes on. And the bench, traditionally, it's less of fanfare. They roll through it quicker. Ramsdale's getting the loudest cheer of any player <laughs> each time. Like when a player comes back from injury or a new signing or like Declan Rice right now, Ramsdale's getting like the we fucking love you treatment, uh, which I don't think people, I think people haven't really clocked on to that don't go to games because why would they no yeah I, I was not aware of that at all like that that's crazy i couldn't believe the way the crowd was on raya because like he was sitting on the ball a lot to bait the press and whatever and people were just going mental i couldn't believe it and obviously like i'm on twitter a bit so you kind of pick up on a bit of the reason why that is but even then i was still like it's kind of obvious what's going on here <laughs> people were just screaming at him and he kind of kept his cool, which is fair enough. He made a couple dodgy passes, but I think he did well to kind of keep that crowd out of his head because I've never, I've been to a fair few games with Ireland stuff and I've never heard a crowd go at their own keeper like that for not kicking the ball quick enough, basically. So it was a weird one. Yeah, it's great when that happens. Well, it's great if you strip out the fact we're Arsenal fans. <laughs> That's because all these like normal like, match going fans like like me who don't, don't like love reading about the detailed tactics of it because frankly why would you um <laughs> and then we all had to pretend over the years that like yeah we know what we're doing like yeah we're playing it and then all like this raging like your dad george graham era like what the fuck get out now <laughs> like it all just like rises to the surface and it did when it was alvarez that nearly scored off it wasn't it yeah but, uh, yeah so then it all because it was great because you never 
football noises are very standard. We all know what a goal sounds like or what a mistake sounds like. But it's when the mistake was over, so we knew instantly it wasn't a goal, and everyone's still going ballistic for about 15 <laughs> seconds, like just general rage. Um, it is weird because we've seen Ramsdale do the same thing, right? It's not like we've gone from Czech to Raya. Like, this isn't a new thing. But I think part of it is people love Ramsdale so much. Mm. Don't see Raya as a big upgrade. Kind of Ramsdale's want Raya like the... to make those mistakes so they have an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he's the upgrade, why is he making worse mistakes than Ramsdale would be the logic. Um, but I think, yeah, Ramsdale's like the cheeky chappy that's wound up Spurs. I think Arsenal fans also felt quite protective of him when we first signed him because mm. everyone was ready for him to be like this like joke figure and I thought he was really good when he was on number one overall. Um, and yeah, people like him and popular. And I think not only does that mean he's going to get a big cheer, it means people are sadly more ready to turn on Raya, I think. Yeah, I remember we chatted about this on the last pod, but yeah, it's funny hearing you talk about, both of you talk about how people were getting on, on Raya for not... Um, not booting the ball long because Sam, I remember you tweeted during the game about how you were like stood next to all these people yelling at Raya for not booting it, and you were secretly you were, you were in your head like that. <laughs> yeah, fucking Alex Co- Alex Collins has got into my brain, man. <laughs> I'm sat there like, now nah, he's baiting the press. He's baiting like, <laughs> what's happened to me? <laughs> oh, you, you you are your dad no longer. I know. I know. Unfortunately, the City game was not the only game we played in that week before the international break. We also lost 2-1 away to Lens in the Champions League, a game which we haven't really discussed yet on the pod, and our first competitive defeat of the season. If you've successfully blocked the game out of your memory, firstly good on you, but let me remind you how it played out. Gabriel Jesus put us 1-0 up in the 14th minute before you were pegged back by Adrian Tomasson after David Raya gave the ball away. I imagine the match-going fans weren't particularly happy about that. (laughs) We then finally succeeded in our mission to run Saka into the ground. He went down without any contact in the 34th minute and was replaced by Fabio Vieira. Arsenal posed worryingly little threat after our star boy went off, with Arteta seemingly taking a this-is-fine view of proceedings until Ayla Wahi put our hosts ahead in the 69th minute, which was not nice. This triggered a response from Arteta, who immediately made a triple substitution to try and get us back into the game, but Ben White, Reese Nelson, Emil Smith-Rowe and Eddie Nketiah, who joined the party 10 minutes later, were unable to have the desired impact, and the game petered out. Sam, was there anything about the Lons game that particularly worried you in our performance, given it was our first defeat this season? Um, I'd say less the... Well, the performance was worrying, but I would think more... I, what worries me is Arteta seems to think Vieira and Trossard is like an acceptable wing combo when there's other people on the bench that provide a different option. And they're not going to be wrong. When Reese Nelson came on, he was absolutely <laughs> diabolical. <laughs> it was like, I said he looked like a um, like a toddler with a balloon. He didn't quite understand the weight of the ball and how it was meant to move in the air. Like He kept dribbling out of play. So he was awful, don't get me wrong. But I think with Vieira and Trossard, we're so indirect and there's absolutely nothing in behind threatening. Lance were pressing us so high. And with Martinelli on the pitch, that doesn't happen at all. So it's not just... Martinelli's obviously how we get in behind a lot of the time, but also keeps teams kind of honest in how they have to press us. Like, teams aren't going to press us that high if we've got Martinelli on the left, I don't think. And Nelson, as I said, he was terrible, so it does weaken my point a bit. But as just purely the role, I would much rather see Nelson on the left if Martinelli's out, assuming we've not got someone more direct on the right. Um, and I said this when Martinelli got injured and then Trossard scored a really good winning goal against Everton, so I felt like a mug. But I still think, systemically, I don't like Trossard on the left for how we're set up at the minute because I think we're too easy to defend against. And I think that was part of the issue against Lars. Yeah, I, I think I agree. But I, I think part of the reason why Trossard starting on the left while not ideal 
uh, we can kind of fade it a bit when Saka's available because Saka does have that element of dynamism that means he can get in behind, provide the off-ball threat that Martinelli does. I mean, not to the same extent, but to an extent, like he's quick enough to do that. But when he went down and we brought on Vieira, then there was absolutely none of it. You were right. Like Vieira is just, they don't have the dynamism, the speed to be able to run in behind. Both of them want to like receive the ball coming inside to feet rather than spinning off and getting in behind and uh, really threatening them that way. So yeah, I, I think definitely if Saka is going to be out for a prolonged period of time, I mean, fortunately Martinelli's hopefully back now, touch wood, but like if, Martinelli does need a bit more time to recover. I'd much rather see Nelson get more minutes if we're going to be seeing lots of Vieira on the other side. Kian, what, what do you make of it? I just felt it was very frustrating because I think as soon as Vieira came on, literally anyone could have told you this is not a lineup that's going to work. Like all the problems that Sam talked about, I think were obvious beforehand. So I just didn't really get to thinking because. Nelson, okay, yes, he was absolutely terrible when he came on, but he has had plenty of good performances for us, especially as a sub. So I thought it was a bit weird for him to to choose Vieira over him. And then the problems were what the problems were. We still probably should have got a point out of it. We had a few chances, but yeah, we just made a rod for our own backs with the mistakes we made. I think it's more of a learning experience, like okay, Lons aren't playing well in their league at the moment, but it's still a Champions League game. They still have quality. So I think it's just like, we can't coast. This isn't Europa League group stage, no matter how much it looks like it. But yeah, I think everyone just needs to tighten up a bit in those games. Just a bit of a learning curve, I think. Yeah, I, I think... I think I quite like Vieira off the left, like, in a vacuum. Um, I, I think... Obviously, his final ball was really good, um, like really, really good. And against like more of a low block, I can see the logic in bringing him on. Like if we were going to be camping in Lons's third and just looking for ways to pick apart a block, then I think he would have been really, really useful. But as Sam said, that just wasn't the story of the game. We were getting pressed. We needed someone to stretch them. And that's not his game at all. Uh, Kian, you mentioned the mistakes and should we talk well, should we touch on that a little bit because Raya gave the ball away for the first goal and it was a pass that there was a very similar mistake that he made to give the ball away um in the city game as well like playing it out to the right expecting somebody to be there and just giving it straight to the opposition obviously Lawrence managed to capitalize on that and score whereas city didn't quite um does that worry you, Sam, seeing that happen twice? Um, yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, you've been sold, rather, we've been sold on Raya as many of the Ramsdale upgrade, and it's really early days, and he made a really good serve against Spurs, but in his very, very small sample size, it doesn't seem super obvious, if that's true. Um and I don't know if it's like a specific pass or just nervous coming into a new team or just getting used to things. Um, I would also fair to say it was an unbelievable goal for the first. Oh, Both yeah. the assist and the finish were nuts. Um, and that's ultimately why we're here talking about it. Otherwise, it's just a mistake that a lot of keep keepers make, giving it away, I think, about four, 35 yards out when they intercepted it. So that is kind of a shit happens. Um, I'm not worried about Raya on the whole. Um but yeah, I think playing out from the back specifically, if you're a keeper, we just think if the fans don't get it on side with it really quickly, it can be quite ugly. And become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. The mistakes is going to happen because people are expecting them. Maybe puts a bit of oomph into the opposition as well. Um, so I'm not concerned specifically about on the ball, but I do wish it had started a bit better, as I'm sure he does. Taking a wider view than just the Lance game specifically, we have made quite a few individual errors that have led to big chances or the opposition scoring, and it seems to be one of the bigger problems with our play at the moment. Do you think there's a wider pattern to this? Surely they can't all be shit happens. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. Um, 
I will stand by the shit happens for Raya giving it away, turning into a really good goal. I'll stand by that shit happens. Um, but on the wider mistakes, yeah. Uh, I think we have been better at this season, um, which more than anything speaks to how many awful mistakes we gave away for goals at the back end of last season. Um, I think part of it is we do have a coach who I think is a feature of his game. When we take a lead, he doesn't mind us not having a lot of the ball. Um, and I think that is the kind of environment where maybe defensive mistakes happen more. It's really hard to say because there's also the weird thing about our home and away clean sheet record going back from last season, mm. whether the fans somehow make them nervy. Being in the ground, I can't really see that because I feel like I know we had the Raya incident against City, but generally the crowd's been really supportive um, of Arteta since he came in and the players and really bought into the whole thing. So I think it's hard to pinpoint our oh, mistakes are happening because of X. Um, but again, like the Jorginho win against Spurs has really bugged me out the whole time because I don't know what the fuck was happening. He just, he wasn't, he got tackled eventually, but he didn't get the ball with someone in his grill. He just dithered and dithered and dithered and got tackled, um, which is really strange. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe only thing I can think of off the top of my head would be we do play a very, very, very structured, strict way if people are drowning in instructions, but I really don't know. It's really hard to pinpoint weird mental errors on anything other than don't be a bozo, which would be my advice if I ask Gaffer. I think I agree. Don't be a bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Kim? Yeah, I think it's mostly the same. Jorginho, he just kind of has that in him when he's done that a few times with Chelsea as well. When he gets pressed, the ball can get stuck under his feet. He's not. I think he tries to dribble the ball too much, doesn't let the ball do the work and kind of gets lost in himself a bit. In terms of the keeper's mistakes and stuff like that, I think, I don't know. I don't know what you can say. Ramsdale, I guess he might just have it in him as well. That's just maybe the type of player he is. The Raya one, I guess you could put it down to adaptation, but if both keepers are consistently making passing errors, then maybe we need to look at what we're asking them to do and when we're asking them to do it. Um, yeah, apart from that, Saliba made a mistake against United when he pressed up, when he pushed up and Garnacho got in, but Gabriel kind of bailed him out on that. So, yeah, it's a boring answer, but I guess I don't know. <laughs> Very insightful for me, but yeah. I don't know. But I wish they'd stop doing it. That's my, uh, that's my <laughs> takeaway. I think we That'd can all fantastic. agree on that one. Um, I think for me, so- something that I've been kind of musing on like relatively recently is maybe it's part and parcel of like how much of a low margin game we've been playing this season uh we're going to come on to it a little bit after the break but we have a really really good defense and a really not great attack this season uh, it's something we've spoken about a lot in recent pods uh and it implies that we've been stepping back our attacking being more cautious in favor of being a team that's harder to beat and i do wonder if just like by the nature of these low margin games more bozo moments are gonna stick out like sore thumbs because if you're letting the opportunity create six seven chances against you it doesn't matter if one of them a game is because you fucked up whereas if you're only giving the opposition two chances if one of them's because you fucked up it really doesn't look great on you. So those are my thoughts. Bringing it back round to the Champions League group. We've played two games. Won one convincingly, lost one narrowly. How are you feeling about the outlook of our Champions League group with four games to play? Sam? Um, yeah, still pretty good. Um, I think we're the best team in it. And I say that with no knowledge of the other teams in it. In the entire competition, um, not just a group. That's, yeah. yeah, that's correct. Uh, related, on Alex by, wanted on, to on know... Both counts. Uh, uh, Alex asked this uh, for later, but I'm going to ask now. Uh, who's going to score the winner for us in the Champions League final? Ben White. Um, oh, straight in there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm just ready for Eddie and Katia to take the glory. Fair I'm enough. imagining low crop. Low cross comes in, stuck on defender's feet. Eddie nips in, bang, 1-0. See you later. Excellent. Anyway, carry on. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think I feel good about it. I think we'll we'll qualify. Um, Kian mentioned earlier correctly that Lance has done really badly this season, um, results-wise, which they have. But I think that the home record's actually... Last season was really good. I don't know about this season. And it'll be a small sample. But until we have another absolute shitter, I'm kind of willing to say we play badly in an away game with a weaker team and then a bad injury. That kind of shit happens. Um, I still confident we'll finish top. Severe will finish third because that's what they do. Um, and I think we're still second, aren't we? Um, I feel pretty good about it. We're the best team in it. We should qualify. To be fair, I think Lance just had an absolutely shocking start to the season. Um, since the Champions League group stage started, which they kicked off with a one-all draw against Sevilla, they actually haven't lost a game. So that's right. in five, yeah. two win, two draws, three wins. So it's quite possible they just had an absolute stinker to start the season and now they're going yeah, to be a decent that, team again. That seems likeliest, yeah. They were a good team. Like we're saying about Arsenal, Lons were a good team and they'll be hard to beat at home from what I saw. Yeah, I mean, we found that out ourselves, didn't we? If they were easy to beat, we would we have did. won. <laughs> Kian, what are your thoughts on the Champions League group? Pretty similar. I think we've put ourselves under a bit of pressure now. Um, I think we need to beat Sevilla home and away just to kind of give ourselves a bit of a buffer. But yeah, I think we are far and away the best team. Sevilla are struggling in the league as well. I know they changed their manager now and we've got the Sergio Ramos narrative factor, but... It shouldn't be an issue. If it is an issue, then we've really underperformed because I think the gap is fairly significant. PSV are probably better than they showed against us. Like when we played against them last season, they were much better. I think they just played into our hands. But overall, I'm not expecting any issues. So it's just about if we do rotate, being a bit smarter about it. Um, And yeah, I don't care if we get through with... 1-0 wins, just want to get through, top the group, just do what we can do and hope for not Bayern Munich in the next round. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, what round do you think we are going to lose to Bayern Munich? Round of 16. <laughs> be realistic on this. Let's, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Um, round of 16. Um, no, I mean, we should come top. And I know Bayern beat United. Did they, did, they, did they win their other one? Yes, they have. They yeah. won their other one. Okay, yeah. great. So I, I'm hopeful it shouldn't be round of 16, but every fibre of my being says it's going to be the round of 16, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, how, are, are Bayern better than us? Are they having a bit of an issue right now? I'm, like, I'm, I'm adjusting to the fact we're not just like fourth on 70 points. We're actually like quite a good team now. They're very up and down from what I've seen, but I think they're starting to motor a bit now from what I've seen now. They're kind of put a few points on the board on the pitch they're getting wins but off the pitch the vibes really aren't great uh tommy tactics is not having the best of times like so obviously tuchel came in replacing julian nagelsman last year and everyone kind of just went hey what the fuck considering that they had like a mid they were having a mid-year in the bundesliga but were still on track to win the league and we're also still in both cup competitions uh tommy tactics tanked their season they very nearly lost the league went out of both cup competitions uh then signed harry kane for a bajillion pounds in the summer and they've been winning but no one seems particularly happy about it so are they a better team than us I'm going to go with probably, but not by very much. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> this I, thought you leading, I thought you were leading to a yes there. That's what I thought you were doing. Yeah, I, I'd yeah, love yeah. to Thank be leaning into a yes, but until I see us play against and beat a big European heavyweight that is not Manchester City. Uh, why, didn't, why, do, why doesn't City count? It's the, the goalposts. This is the It's the league. Oh, oh, it's only the count. league. It's only the league. You are a cowardly swine, and history wow. will frown upon you. We've, this has been readily acknowledged that I am a coward. I never shy away from this fact. It's the one thing I'm not cowardly <laughs> about, in fact. Uh, and on that note, I think it's a great time <laughs> to take a break. Uh, we will be back after this break to discuss the Premier League season so far and answer your quickfire, and I do mean quickfire, questions. So. The Premier League, that's a competition that we play in. We are second in the league on 20 points after eight games. Don't don't ask who's ahead of us. That is six wins and two draws. 
how are you guys feeling about the Premier League season so far? Kian, we'll start with you. Feeling pretty good. My main take before the season was performances at the start of the season would probably drop off a bit just because we've made fairly significant changes, especially in midfield. And I think that's been reflected. And my only hope was that we could just grind out the wins while we do that and then let the performances pick up to match the results. And I think pretty much going that way so far. I think Rice has settled in beautifully. A few issues in possession, but I think he's just been fantastic. Havertz up and down, still a lot of question marks about him, probably our biggest question mark for the rest of the season. But overall, I think if you told me at this point this season, we'd be on 20 points undefeated, I definitely would have taken it. So fairly happy. Yeah, similar. I feel pretty good about it. Um, it's hard not to opt the City win, really, like that. Yeah. We just had to get over that before, like the 12 in a row. It was just pathetic honestly uh, that had to go that couldn't happen anymore um, I read if we'd lost that one it would have tied with the longest losing streak one team's had to another in the Premier League era um, which would have been sickening so you had to win that yeah, it was probably something like Everton losing to United 13 it was, times in a row it was, one of them was Wigan United I think and I couldn't remember the other um uh, it might have been City and West Brom. I think it was City. So, Oof. yeah, we're not in the most illustrious company, but thankfully that's gone <laughs> until we're here again in seven years' time talking about the exact same record. <laughs> because um, we've beaten them 12 times in a row. That's yes, right, kid. Obviously. Let's yeah. go. Um, yeah, no, I feel good. Um, the chance creation isn't there yet, but I think that's something we are going to be able to improve upon um, because we've seen this team do it before. There's been some personnel change, but... Really, I don't think the change we've made should make us a lot less creative. Uh, Jesus to the middle will help again. We haven't had a Jesus, Saka, Martinelli front three start a league game, I don't think, this season. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to get better on that front. Uh, the way we are able to nullify teams now is pretty impressive. Uh, teams have restricted Haaland to bugger all chances before, but after that Ake near shot in the third minute that went over the bar, I think City had like two shots, one on target or something pathetic. I think we can just completely squash teams now. Um, so I feel good. I feel good. I feel if City have another 90-point season and not 100, I think it's it's on. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, so obviously you talked about how this is weighted quite a bit by the City win. Uh, if we hadn't won that game, our six wins, two draws, no losses would look like five wins, two draws, one loss, and we'd be on 17 points instead of 20. How much would that like affect your general air of positivity at this point? Um, I think that's really fair, because I was thinking as I answered that, you know, if a City player had a shot deflected and gone in last minute, how would I feel? And the answer is a lot, lot worse because then suddenly our chance creation looks terrible. We're saying we created bug all against City, which we kind of did with a couple of chances. Um, but equally as well, I think it's easy to focus on the City goal and how lucky that was. But what wasn't lucky is how little they could do against us. If you think about how... The, I know it was a way, but how they absolutely steamrolled us um, in April last year. Um, was it April or start of May? At the end of last April. season. April. April. Yeah. At the end of last season, um, how it just looked like a championship team against a Premier League team. It looked ridiculous. Um, so I think how good we've been defensively, despite a few moments of sloppiness, is a big reason to be really excited, even though it's not as sexy as breaking teams down every game and winning 4 now. Ken, how much would your opinion on the season's start be affected if we'd lost that City game? I think definitely a good bit. I think the United game was almost a bigger swing because that was, you know, we were losing that match at one point um, very late on and we got the swing. And I think if we'd carried that negativity against a poor United side into that break and then gone on, I think we could have been looking at very different results after the break. So I think that one was almost a bigger swing. This one, of course, does make a big difference, obviously, because when you win, everything looks rosy. 
But I don't know. I just think even though it was a fairly flat game overall, we put it up to City in a way that we really haven't, except for maybe like 40 minutes in the home game last season. So even if we had lost, I don't think it would have been A, as much of a shock or B, as bad of a performance that would have been like, wow, this is just not going to work. We really need to change something ASAP. So happy to win. Probably wouldn't have been too sad if we lost, but we don't have to worry about it. So it's very nice. Sam, what was your favourite performance of the season so far? And what's been your least favourite? Um, favourite performance has to be the City game, even though if you watched on TV, you could think it was a boring game. Just, and I know they're missing a couple of players, as were we, so they can shut up with that. Is just, I did not think we had it in us to squash them offensively the way we did. Um, and Declan Rice is a huge part of that, but Saliba was unbelievable. The whole defensive line was really good, I thought. Uh, when they brought Doku on, it thought, oh, God, there's the directness they've been missing. But we dealt with him really well. Um, Zinchenko matched up with him really well, as did White. Then White also megged him, which was really funny. <laughs> um, so then the City one, even though it wasn't, yeah, we've carved them open and we had so many chances. I think that's a maybe more realistic way of how we're going to go to the next level isn't is going to be just completely squashing the life out of teams and giving them absolutely bugger all while still having a lot of the ball and controlling a lot of the game. Uh, least favourite performance. There's been a few where we played not very good teams and not made much. Um, I think the Fulham game was just annoying. I think probably the Fulham game, even though I'm trying not to be results biased and how I answer um, we just didn't create enough against not a very good team. Moment of sloppiness we've spoken about, conceding a fairly simple, good, but fairly simple set-piece routine to 10 men. Um, yeah, that was poor. We didn't create enough against a bad team. Fulham are not good. No. Uh, would, have been one of, would have been one of the better teams Spurs have played this year, but they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> Kian, what your best and worst performances in your opinion? Best, I like the Bournemouth game. I think that was nice and vibey and we finally put a team to the sword properly and didn't just sit back. They were very bad, to be fair, but we still played very well. Havertz got his penalty, which was nice. So I think that was just a nice vibes game because White scored as well. So those two lads who just kind of, you know, make you smile when they score. Um, worst, probably just the Lons game because it felt inevitable. I feel like the moment we kicked off, it just felt a bit flat. We played exactly like that. Saka went off injured. Sub was poor. Nelson came on, played very badly. Smith Rowe couldn't do much. It was just one of those games where nothing really goes right. So while I'm not too worried about it, it was just really annoying to watch. Worst Premier League, maybe Forest, Just because I felt like we were so much in control of that game. And then the goal we gave away was so sloppy. And we just put ourselves under so much pressure, I thought, for no reason, when that was a game that was seemingly in the bag. Timber got injured as well, which was just soul-destroying given how he had started and how he looked like he was going to be crucial for the season. So I'd say that was probably the most frustrating game, even though we won. Um, just because I hate those games where, you know, you're winning 2-0, Forrest aren't a good side, and you just let them onto you, and you put the result at risk for no reason. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was... Driving back from a friend's house during that game, listening to it on the radio, and uh, it was an unexpectedly stressful drive home. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, it's a lovely time. The commentators are talking about how the party atmosphere, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> oh shit, might, might, might bottle it. But we didn't. It's all fine. Isn't it so weird, though, t- to look back at the start of the season when Gabriel wasn't starting? Because now, obviously, we've played a few games with him back, and he's looked amazing. And it's just so weird that. I know why he wasn't playing. I know people freaked out about it. I wasn't really too concerned. But it's just weird that a guy like that who plays so well and is so crucial just wasn't starting when fit. And I'm glad he's back. Mm. Tactical adjustments are fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, just on, on the Forest game, I think the reason it felt so frustrating, uh, even though we won, was A, we didn't create very much. It was a sucker um, firecracker goal, which is great. And their and a deflected goal. Would they, you know, I sound like Frank Lampard there, but <laughs> they did count. 
Um, but then the way those last 10 minutes went felt like all the worst parts of last season coming back, like completely in control, invite pressure, somehow get done on the break without giving that much thought. It's very weird. Um, so yeah, just echoing sort of key and sentiments on that game um, and how frustrating it was. But I think defensive sloppiness overall been much better. So overall still happy. Fair enough. Uh, Keen, you said at the start, when we first started talking about this, that you would definitely have taken the set of results if I'd asked you in August. So there goes that question from the podcast plan. Uh, But the next one uh, was, have your expectations for the season changed based on what we've seen so far? No, I don't think so. For some reason, I'm still, I don't think we can win the league this season. Maybe just PTSD from last season. I think there's still a lot of variables in the air right now. Um, Midfield, probably the biggest question mark. Can we keep Saka fit? Can we keep Martinelli fit now? And when we do rotate them out, what does the attack look like? I don't think the answer so far have been too satisfying. So I think there'll come a point where the results that we're grinding out might come to a halt, even if the performances do get better. Because we have been, I know we've 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 earned it with the possession and dominance we've had, but we have had a, a few strokes of luck as well along the way. So, no, I just want to be competitive, put ourselves in the right areas, and then listen if City slip up, if Liverpool fall away, if Spurs fall away, apparently we'll be in the right space if we're there or thereabouts in March or so. It's not what I expect. I know people don't want to hear that because we came second last season, we were very good, so they think... It should just keep getting better, but I think there's just been a lot thrown at us this year that we're going to have to adapt to. But I would like a trophy. I think this squad needs that if we don't win the league. So hopefully a deep cup run will be nice. And then European experience, I think, is even more important. So quarterfinals, at least for the Champions League, was my expectation. I haven't seen anything to change that. I think we're well suited for the competition, despite the Lons result. So overall, I don't think they've shifted too much. I haven't seen enough to think that will be better than last season at our peak so yeah I think I'm a bit more positive about us winning the league if we all know City are even they've just lost two they're very capable of losing one drawing two winning the rest this season if that happens you say fair enough but I think if it ends up being as I said like a 90 point title rather than 100 I think we can Get close to that. I think that's that shouldn't be beyond the realms of what this team can do. Um, and I don't think we're going to maybe be as good as we were at the start of last season overall. I think we had 50 after 19, which is insane. Um, but I don't think... I think hopefully we're less likely to have a complete meltdown like we did at the back end of last season, um, which I think is a bit lot healthier way to live as well. So I think a bit steadier... Um, what I expect is probably our second with City winning the league with probably a similar points swing both ways. Um, but I think we can challenge the league. And if this is an off year for City with De Bruyne injured, teams maybe cottoning on to how to snuff out Haaland a bit more, then I expect us to be there. And I'm keen spot on about the cup run. We've not been past the fifth round in a few years, which is a disgrace. This is our tournament. We won it 14 times, for goodness sake. Um, so, yeah, we need we need a cup run, regardless of if we win the league or not. We need a cup. If we win the league, we're going the third round of the FA Cup. This season is a failure in my eyes. So, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm not joking. You can keep chuckling. I'm not joking. I want to go to Wembley. Fair enough. Fair. It's all about me. Yeah. I mean, it is. This podcast, uh, we did bring you on it, so it is, I suppose, about you. But it is also about Kian, and Kian has something to say. I would say just on, <laughs> on the league thing, I'm negative. Well, not too negative about us, but I do think City... Okay, I, fair enough, I said this last season, and then Pep turned him into a machine again. But I was just thinking when I was watching the game, players like Kovacic, someone like Doku, even though he is very good, they don't really give me the same fear as, let's say, Mares came on. You know, that's a guy who's done it all before. He he has that rep and he can score from nothing. Kovacic isn't Gundogan. He doesn't have those goals in him. He doesn't have that rep behind him. I just think they're not quite as scary as they were last season and they're missing those kind of guys. Maybe by the end of the season, they'll both be 
bagging loads of goals and I'll look like a fool. But I think that's probably our best chance is City maybe not having that top-end talent, especially the depth in the squad. And we can take advantage of it. And hopefully Liverpool will fall away, given their depth issues in defence as well. Not going to lie, Kian, I'm not having that. Because that's the same logic that City fans use to say that we're not the same as Liverpool. They say that Saka, Martinelli, Jesus don't have the same fear factor as uh, Firmino, uh, Saka. No, Saka? Fucking hell. Firmino, Salah and Mane. So I, I'm not having your logic. I, I understand. That's fair. That's fair. I, I understand the thought process, but I'm not having the logic. Um <laughs> For me, I don't think my expectations have changed. I was expecting us to be like a mid-80s point side, and I still think we'll be a mid-80s point side, but that is based on an assumption that our attacking will pick up. And I think there is reason to believe that our attacking will pick up. As we mentioned, we haven't seen a Saka, Martinelli, Jesus front three so far this season. Hopefully when we do see those three on the pitch at the same time, we will be able to crank up the creative numbers a little bit more. But I do have a seed of doubt in my mind that it's been eight games and we have the 12th highest non-penalty expected goals in the league. We have created five goals from open play, which is the same which is the same as the number of penalties we've scored, and the same number of open play goals as teams like What Bournemouth and Wolves and I think Manchester United. So we don't want to be associating with teams like that, I don't think. So that's that's George the Graham. seed of doubt in my mind. Go George on. Graham did not care about non penalty XG. That's all I'm saying. That is that's true. That is true. Um Sure. I mean, we are, we are managed by a man that got most as football education in England under David Moyes. Yeah. People forget that with all the yep. Spanish tactico stuff. Um, I will say on the penalty luck, we um, had bugger all of it last season. I think we had some of the lowest in the league going into March or something. And then we got a few at the back end. But um, yeah, I'm happy. Also, I will say on the penalties, they haven't been like, most of them have been like bollocks. He's on the edge of the area. And he just fallen over. Like White might score if Romero doesn't punch it off the line. In Ketia round with the keeper, a Palace got taken out. Um, Erdegaard was going to shoot, and then that Bournemouth player dived. So, like, it's definitely true that we got a lot of penalties, but most of them have been preventing things that would have led to open play chances. So, I'm trying to provide the bounce for once. The final section of this podcast is going to be some quick fire questions. I took to Twitter uh, before we started recording and asked you if you had any questions for Sam and Kian. And boy, did you provide. My example question was asked by me. So this is going to be very much the vibe of the format. Uh, Kai Havertz, striker or midfielder? Sam? Uh, We'll probably become a squad player striker for Arsenal. That's what I'd see is going to happen with him. Kian? striker who will somehow play more minutes in midfield but he is a striker he's not a midfielder excellent now you understand the vibe uh molid asks is Erdogan actually becoming a shoot first merchant or are we overreacting sam uh i don't like how he started the season in all honesty if you compare to how he started like newcastle away last season i controlled everything amazingly under pressure he hasn't really done that that much this season but he is a player that can flip the switch and change it. So I think he has been, but that's not going to be him. And he will revert to his normal creative brilliance or his creative goodness very soon. Excellent. Kian? I think the fact we've missed a lot of off-ball threat from Martinelli has meant he's wanted to take on more shots for that reason and kind of take more of that off-ball threat. So I'm hoping now that he's back, he'll kind of revert to his more balanced role and we'll see the best from him. I think against Bournemouth, that was kind of the role he played, and he was much better. So I'm hoping it's just temporary, and I think it is. Alex asks, what did you make of Reese Nelson never getting trusted from the start? Sam? I uh, don't like it. I think one of Arteta's flaws is he will pick his favourites over players that actually suit the role he needs at that time. And I think Arteta, um, sorry, Nelson, as long as as well as Smithrow, 
um, are casualties of that. So I wish uh, he started a little bit more, especially with Martinelli unavailable. Kian. Annoys me too. I think he's earned a start. And I think it's coming. I think it's just been a few square pegs and round holes. And I think he just kind of panicked, especially against Lons. Obviously he wasn't starting, but that would have been a lot more minutes than he would usually get. But I think it's coming and I think he'll grab it with both hands. Related, Seb asks, how long until ESR performs his drum solo in front of the masses while Arteta looks on, stoically approving of his pupil's progress? Which I think is a reference to the movie Whiplash, but is basically asking the same thing about ESR. Is the answer the same? Sam. Um, the answer is not the same because the question involved a drum solo, and I don't really know how to answer that. <laughs> uh, y- yes, it is referencing Whiplash, which me and Kian both independently referenced that Smith Rowe and then laughed about yes. um, in DMs. Um, so basically, the question is when Smith Rowe going to get his moment? Um, I think it might come in the left centre midfield role. I think we might see more of him. I am now optimistic. That seems like an easy way to get more shots on goal, more chance created, and sacrifice a little bit defensively is get Smith Rowe in. And I'm optimistic we'll see him at the eight position at points this season. Kian. I think I think it's coming. We have a slightly easier run of fixtures coming up after Chelsea, I think. And including Chelsea. <laughs> so some would say. I think I don't think Arteta's lost faith in Havertz, but I think he's more willing to throw him on the bench now than he was at the start when he was really trying to integrate him. I think he's more comfortable now with using him when needed. And I think Smith Rowe, while not perfect, is gonna answer a lot of our problems in terms of providing that thrust going forward. So I have to believe that it's coming soon. So, fingers crossed. Ah, so do I. S asks, will Patino actually be considered to be added into the squad next season? Sam? Bounce of probability, probably not. Um, assuming there's no big sale. Um, Vieira, Smith-Rowe, and still Havertz probably will be considered ahead of him for that position. Uh, apparently he's been good at Swansea, which is great, but just good in championship team it's a bit like i thought the effort to integrate him to give him a chance might not be worth getting rid of who we've already got there so bounce probability i'll say no Kian, i don't think so either i think it's just too much of a leap to go from championship to very top of the premier league so i just can't see it myself tricky reds 14 asks do we score more goals in the league than we did last season? For context, in the league last season, we scored 88. Sam? Um, probably not, I think. Um, and that's just based on... Not much of the season's gone, but not none of the season. It's eight games, not two. And we haven't scored that many. Um, so I'll say no, but we'll also concede quite a bit less. Kian? promise I'm not copying Sam with all my answers, but I don't think so, just because we're already behind the eight ball on that one, so I can't see it. And now, halfway through the questions, I'm going to swap who I'm asking first. <laughs> Peter asks, what change or addition would you make to the Arsenal coaching staff? Kian. Bring Steve round back home. Sam. Yeah, yeah, similar. Uh, get Roundy back. Proper football man. Knows the league inside out, knows the club. Get him back. Sham asks, best long-term option at left-back? Zinchenko, Timber, Tomiyasu or Kivior? Kian? Zinchenko for me, I still think he offers more than any of those can. Timber didn't really get the chance to show it, so I could see that happening. But based on body of work so far, it has to be Zinchenko. Even though I think Tomiyasu might be a better left-back than he is a right-back these days. But Zinchenko will still be first choice for me until... Someone else proves otherwise. I think he's earned his spot. So, Sam? Yeah, Zinchenko. I think he's very unfairly maligned, both by Arsenal fans and opposition fans. They seem to think he gets skinned five times a game, which is just fictional. Uh, just made up. Um, it could have been Timber. We won't know. It was dealing with hypotheticals. Kivior hasn't played much. Tommy Asu I love, but as a squad option. I suppose it's a long-term option, so we will eventually find out about Timber. Um, Nath asks, Ivan Tony in January, yay or nay? Kian? Nay. 
I don't think he's better than Gabriel Jesus. I think he's going to cost a lot of money. I think he's going to shut us off from signing a potentially bigger budget striker in the summer after. So he's very good, but not for me. I don't really see the big difference he's going to make, to be honest. Sam? That's annoying, because I thought that's one where me and Keith would have different answers. But um, <laughs> I could lie, but I'm going to be honest and say, also, Ney, I think he's a really good player and definitely gives us a different option to what we've got. Um, if you're looking at a Jesus alternative, I just, I just, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's better than Jesus. People don't get how good Jesus is still, which whatever, but they don't. Um, it will cost a lot of money for not a big upgrade. Uh, for a guy that can only play one position when everyone else in our front line is more versatile to get other guys more options. Um, yeah, not for me, actually. Related question, and if you have the same answers for this one, then I will be starting to wonder if you've been copying each other's homework. Uh, James asks, Osman Ferguson or Vlahovic next summer? Kian? I'm a romantic at heart, so I have to choose Ferguson. I would be a disgrace to my nation if I chose someone else, so it'd be a dream come true to see an Irishman leading the line for Arsenal, so let's see, hopefully. Sam? Evan Ferguson's a fucking loser and he should never, ever play for Arsenal. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Osamine, dealing with Napoli and De Laurentiis is, just seems implausible because of um, just how, who they are and how they act. Um, Vlahovic is a no and you said I can't answer the same, so I am going to just say I prefer Enketia. <laughs> Fair enough. Proper Arsenal. Yeah, we go. There we go. And finally, Sana asks Nketia, start bench or sell? I feel like I know the answer for Sam, but Kian. Bench. I think people have been very harsh on him. He has flaws, but I still think he's a very good backup striker. Just hasn't really had the run of form that he needs. But I'm still a fan, so I wouldn't get rid of him unless we get like a massive offer. But I don't think that's coming either. So, bench. Sam. Yeah, unless we get like the fictional £40 million offer from Palace or something, which people still haven't learned how transfers actually work and how we just can't sell all our deadwood for £30 million to Premier League, uh, mid-table teams. Um, I think he's definitely worth having in the squad. Um, I really like him, to be honest. I know he's not perfect. He, we do miss Jesus when Nketiah plays. Um, but I think he offers a lot to the team. I don't hide the fact at all that I will cheer for the Hayland guys a bit more. Um which is fine, and screw you if you say I shouldn't. Fair enough. Uh, that's all of the quickfire questions. If anybody was wondering what my answers to those questions were, I agree with Sam and Kian, apart from the ones where I don't. Apologies if we didn't ask your question. I set a hard limit of 10, so I picked 10. If yours missed out, sorry. And I think that is about it for the pod. Thanks to Sam and Kian for coming on. Lads, if they want to find more of you, where can they do so? Sam? Uh, I'm on Twitter at a genuine outlaw, uh, where you can feel free to abuse me as much as you want. And you can be found on a different podcast, I hear. That's right, Tows. <laughs> uh, yeah, starting a British TV podcast, which I'm really excited about. Um, edited by Mr. Tows himself, which I'm really excited about. And it is at GSTS podcast. Haven't set up the Twitter yet, um, but that at does exist. So follow. You can be my first follower if you want. So that'll be exciting and a great honour for you. What's the podcast called, Sam? Uh, God Save the Screen. So all about British TV. Um, and shout out Bradley Park for giving me the name. Um, I said it's his Makeda moment because he's usually very unhelpful, but that was very helpful for him. So God bless. Lovely stuff. Kian, if people want to find more you, where can they do so? I keep myself exclusive to Twitter, no podcast yet, so you can find all my genius <laughs> thoughts <laughs> at Bootcut Jeans. It's Bootcut G-E-N-E-S. So. And of course, those links will be in the description below, alongside the socials for Potshot. You can follow the Twitter at Potshot Pod 
or we are on Threads, where we don't post, Instagram, where we don't post, and Blue Sky, where, believe it or not, we don't post. Thanks very much for listening. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review on Spotify or iTunes or Google Pods, or maybe not Google Pods, because maybe by the time you're listening to this, they've binned off Google Pods, because that's something they're doing soon. I'm not mad about it. I know loads of different podcasts say this all the time, but leaving a review really does help us out. So uh, do it, please. Thank you to James Blake for making our music. You can find him on Spotify at JWBlake. And we'll be back next week. And by we, I mean none of the three people on this podcast. But we, (laughs) Potshot as a nebulous idea, we'll be back next week discussing the Chelsea game. Cheers.